Yo, you're listening to the Money Monopolizers Podcast, helping you take control of your financial destiny. It's about time that we invest more in our financial literacy and work towards building generational wealth. If you think you're ready to do the same, then you've come to the right place. Alex, Marlon, y'all ready? Let's get this bread. What's good, everybody? It's Alex Kamui here. We are back with episode 148 of the Money Monopolizers podcast. Now I'm here with my co-host. You, you trying to give a shit? <laughs> if anybody on YouTube, hey, like, hey, get hey, the hey, show hey. over. <laughs> we back with what? We back with it. We got, we got. Stay tuned for the end for some exclusive. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Footage. Yes. No. No. Um. Now we got past that. No, everything's been good, man. <laughs> you supposed to add, um, I'm doing all right today. So okay. first I'll start there. There we go. Um, everything's been really good. I think I've been in the part of the business where everything right now has been all about growth. Mm. And um, it's been so much learning. Like that's kind of one thing I've uh, seen. I, I think this is something that a lot of people may even experience is that if you're in a, po- in a point of the business where you're trying to get to the next level, everything is new. Right. I mean, literally everything that I'm doing is different than what we've done in the past. Whether I t- talked last week about the bookkeeping, even about insurance. There's so many things I learned about insurance wise as far as like what's preventing us from being able to get insurance from um, other other lenders. I'm, I think I've already gone on a tangent, but um, me and my dad in the rental car business, just for anybody who doesn't know, I'm in a, I'm in the rental car business for two years now. And we're actually trying to uplevel ourselves to where we can be like a full independent operation. And the reason I was just like getting on this tangent is because everything that I'm doing right now is just like new. And um, and insurance, I learned a, a whole new word I never knew before. It's called loss runs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I've um, mentioned it offline with you before, but um, that's something that I even mm-hmm. I asked a lot of different people about that. Most people don't even know what that is. Really? Because it's like the credit for your um, for your rental car for yeah, yeah, your, yeah. when you go to insurance. Like it's like your insurance credit. So they're pretty much looking at how many claims have you been filing? And so I didn't even know what that was. And I asked Turo, hey, do y'all have these things called loss runs? He's like, oh, yeah, we can give you that, your statement. <laughs> so I, I get it from them. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we, it just pretty much shows every time that you had a claim that was filed on Turo. Was yours cooked? I didn't think it was cooked because <laughs> I didn't know what the metrics were. So I'm like, oh, OK, cool. So I got got the loss runs. Hey, um, so Mr. Insurance Company, uh, here, here's my loss runs. Can, can you insure us now? They, they do their underwriting. They go back and look at it and they say, we're not even about to quote you. I'm like, what you mean? Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with my loss runs? <laughs> He's like, bro, your stuff is trash. Really? I was like, wow. Like, what? Like, so what's wrong with it? Because now, now I'm like in a, in the learner state. Because that's what, like I said, everything is so new. I've never even heard this term before. So I, I, I asked them, just assuming that um, it's gonna be okay anyway. Um, like as far as like what the, what the losses are gonna re- report. But I learned so much from just those conversations I was having with my insurance agent. He was kind of telling me about like what insurance companies are looking for that that insure rental car companies. And he's talking about like different metrics that they're looking for. And he's talking about like how the more losses that you report to your first company makes you less credible to the next company. Mm. So when when we report claims on Turo, the more claims you have the less likely you'll be able to get insurance if you want to become your own rental car business later. Right. Nobody tells you that. All right. Nobody tells you that up front. So for anybody who's listening, y'all got some free gems. But that is literally the experience I've been going through right now in regards to like trying to break through to that next level. Right. So I did find a company that does that actually doesn't look at loss runs. They just they t- they take you in regardless. So I, I was able to use utilize them, but they have more restrictions on what kind of cars you can get. 
So you can't have like the exotic cars in your fleet or things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's it's like a lot, a lot of technicalities. But like I said, everything in the business has been very, very new. And so it's just trying to break through every single barrier and just pretty much having tenacity to say nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, that's kind of around. That's the position I'm in at the moment, and I'm like I'm just fully determined now. Like, that's we're about to break through. That's interesting. I mean, that's dope. I think um, one thing that. I really enjoy about business too um, is the fact that I don't I really like learning new things specifically like to me you know I get a lot of enjoyment by learning new things specifically to what I am like doing because that tells me that I, I'm still that tells me like okay cool this is a, p- a new piece of information that's going to help me get to the next level that mm-hmm. I didn't previously have and the fact that I didn't have it before is a good indication as to like why I haven't got to that next level Correct. yet. Yes. So now that That's I have cool. this new piece of information, like it gives me excitement, even though like whatever it was like, okay, your lost ones was trash, right? I know now, at least I know now that they were trash before I didn't even know. Like it was like, I didn't even know. I so now cooking it. <laughs> yeah. And you could have kept like, it could have got worse, but like now, okay, that and, and, and those kinds of things, obviously if you're trying to grow your business and, and, get to that next level of financial freedom or whatever it is you're trying to grow like you have to always be inquisitive you have to always be in that state of what like trying you have to be very curious to learn why things mm-hmm. are the way they are so that you can you know make the right adjustments and and be able to go and get to that that uh next level and i think that's just it's a it's a good trait to have in general just having that inquisition and that curiosity as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because as you continue to try to go there you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of other things you're gonna come across in your business or whatever it is you're doing whether you know if it doesn't even have to be business whatever it is you're doing you're always going to be learning mm-hmm. like there's always going to be something that you can learn along the way and as you learn it you just become more of an expert in whatever it is you're doing and you become more competent and therefore you become more confident in mm-hmm. in whatever it is you're doing and that's like you know though i think the ultimate thing that you should be trying to get to. We talked about last episode how um, you know important it is to like understand that what you're doing to get financial freedom is uh, you should be developing a skill, and yeah. the skill that you're developing should be something that you can rely on, right? And 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 in business, you develop multiple skills, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like I think a key thing that's kind of you're kind of seeing too here, where it's like you know learning about the insurance, learning about all these different things. That's Though that's something that is being developed, like that skill, you know, is being developed too. Just mm-hmm. you know, in that aspect of business, so that's that's very encouraging to see. And those, I, don't, I say all that to say is like, I don't know, I get, I, I get excited when I come across like mm-hmm. things that I didn't know, because it's like, dang, I can't wait to like implement this. Yes, or like that's been, and I think people people approach everything differently. So yeah. I, I definitely always say like people, you can you have a choice to approach things with a positive or negative outlook. Yeah. I can't tell you. I was probably talking to the, our insur- like different insurance companies for probably two or three weeks straight, mm-hmm. and kept on getting denied one after another. Or and uh, as far as people saying, yeah, your loss runs are not where they need to be. So I finally just said, you know what? I'm not even gonna look at it as a, as a bad thing. I'm gonna look at this as a great thing and say this is my opportunity to, for one, forewarn other people in the future, yeah. but also for me to figure out how can we make the, how can we make this adjustment because we actually were doing this wrong. This is pretty much. Like an employee to come in and tell me, hey, this is part of your system is bad. That's how I look at it. Because any, like I even say for our, our customers, our customers are our, our best employees because they are the ones who are, who will highlight the things that we need to improve on in our business, the things we need to tighten up. This insurance agent is coming back and being another employee of mine and telling me, you're insur- you're not running, you're not doing your 
uh, reporting claims correctly. You're reporting too many. That's kind of what he was telling me. So uh, that's indirectly what I received from based on our conversation. And so now I learned how to uh, how to navigate better. So now when we do move offline, we're not claims heavy and just continues reporting claims and then trying to figure out why insurance is dropping us yeah because that's what's going to happen if we continue to do that with a, a with a, your normal insurance provider and it's good you learn that early on right. that's why i think people you gotta whatever it is you're doing trying to fail as quickly as possible as counterintuitive as it sounds is the best thing you can do mm-hmm. so, so that way you can learn like going all in as much as you can learning all the different things you can that way it's like you can avoid the pitfalls of doing the wrong thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. that can possibly make things more difficult for you later down the road because understand it's like if something is so easy early on it's because like think about something like toro <laughs> like that's a very easy thing to yeah. anybody can get like the barrier to entry is very low correct but it's like okay it's so easy right now and and credit a lot of that to toro because they know their customer yep right they know who they're targeting they know that they're looking for that person that's just you know an individual that wants to make some extra money but it's like, you know, to go beyond that, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And you mm-hmm. have to understand that. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, that journey that unfolds yep. in all businesses. It's like there, there is no business where it's like it's just easy success, like a true business. It's just success immediately. And it just takes off immediately. And there's no issues at all. Like yeah. a true business you own and operate and you control 100 percent of everything. Yeah, no, nah, that's why I'm. I love this. Pro- I'm actually this is probably the, the most excited I've been about the business ever. Really, because I, this is where I see everything that we're doing is like I said, everything is new. So yeah. that means I'm growing, and because the only reason it's new is because we haven't done it before. Right. If we haven't done it before, it's because it's at the, we're we're aspiring to get to the next level. Everything that we do at the next level is different than what we've been doing right now. That's why I love the, the quote: um, "What got you here won't get you there." Because running operation, running operation on Turo, being on the seventy five plan for anybody who doesn't know, that's just like the the protection plan we use in order to like get a certain amount of um, claims covered. So running like doing certain things the way that we've done before is actually not going to work at all at the next level. So you have to make this make the mindset shift of um, adapting what, what what the next level requires. So me continuously talking to different companies, like I'll go back to the book even from last week, talking to lenders. Every time I talk to a lender, they would say, okay, we need to have two years of business uh, financial statements. We need to have two years of personal statements with two years of tax returns. So if you don't have that stuff, you're like, oh, shoot, I need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to get it. Right. That's what ended up happening to us. I think I, I talked to them probably back in like June, and trying to figure out how, uh, like, what, what do I need to do to get a uh, lending? And it, everybody said the same thing. That's showing me that we're not doing something right. The, that, this is the, the industry standard that they're all saying, because they're, they're not saying it like it's some random thing or like it's something that's like, um, like that's uncommon. They're, that's like this, the normal thing that they require. So uh, lend, lending companies, they require financial statements, two years worth. Insurance companies require loss runs. I didn't know about either one of those before 2022. <laughs> so now we're the way we were operated back in 2021, 2020 can't be operated like that in 2022 and beyond if I want to get to the next level. Yeah. It's all about, but it, by having that aspiration for growth and like really getting to the next level, that's what's uh, giving us opportunities to start seeing um, different things that we didn't already have. So yeah, that's why bro. I'm so excited about it. That's a fact. That's a fact. New problems is always the goal. And if you have new problems, that means you're growing. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's the goal, but it's, <laughs> they're to be expected if you want to continue to grow and that's that a good be thing you should be like you said looking at them in a positive way because you know it's like okay cool 
I'm going in the right direction. You know progress. You know the needle's moving. Yeah. And if you're if one thing that I know about business is true. It's like if things is the exact same way as they was a year That's ago. That's a fact. Bro. Nothing else has changed. Same exact situation. Like you're having the same issues. Whatever. The needle has not moved at all. You haven't made any progress. You might have made money, but that doesn't mean you made progress. Mm -hmm. So it's a big difference. And I think you should truly like really have a good awareness of what the difference is between like making progress and making money. Because mm -hmm. you can make money without making any progress. I think that's so. <clears throat> this is so critical because there's a lot of people that will be in a similar situation as where I'm at. And I think there's a lot of people that are in a similar situation where they want to get to the next level. But when they see the work that's required to get there, they actually rather stay doing what they've already been doing. Like mm -hmm. they they want to do the same. Like they're they they're comfort they're comfortable with familiarity. So the things they've I've already been doing because I'm proficient in it, I'm just going to continue to do that. But never up level your up level your business, even though you may not be in the best situation as far as like being able to um have your business pay for your lifestyle or not you haven't re reached your goal. It's more comfortable to stay at where you're currently at. Yeah. So that means that now you pretty much forego the goal that you originally wanted for the sake of your own comfort. Yeah. And that's oh, my gosh, that's a death sentence yeah. because you're pretty much it's like. Man, I'm trying to think of the best analogy, but it's like I kind of think of that in the same way as like you get a good job, but you hate the job, mm. but it pays you good. So oh it's like, God. it's yeah, like, how to do it. You know, that, that, that paycheck is like the drug they use to sedate you and to make sure that, you know, you, you know, kind of just keep, keep, just keep, you know, accept this. Well, you know, it ain't that bad. Relax. Come on. It's, you know, what's wrong with a little bit of, you know, labor, <laughs> a little bit of slavery. Like, yeah, that's, that's how kind of how they looking at you. So to me, with business and it, really just in, with anything in general, financial freedom, you got to really understand that it's like, oh, you have to be uncomfortable. Like it's, if you're not uncomfortable, if you're really trying to become wealthy, if you're really trying to get financial freedom, if you're really trying to level up in any way, if you're always comfortable, you're not getting there. Like if you all, if you're, if you feel that you should always be in a place and this is just a mental attitude you have to adapt mm -hmm. to where it's like, Cause what happens is you can understand this, but until you like really like internalize it and understand that, because when those negative things happen, you have to be able to just say, okay, this is just a part of it. And I know that's easier said than done, but you, you understand it's like, okay, because I know I'm going to a place I haven't been, I'm going to experience things I haven't yet. Right. I know I'm going to, you know, do things that I'm going to, I know, I, I understand that in order for me to do things that others can't i have to do things others won't mm -hmm. right it's a fundamental mentality and, and 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 just way of life that i have to really internalize and live and live with because that is the only way you're going to really be able to truly get to another level um and that's with anything in life like there's nothing in life where you know you're going to be able to comfortably do what you always want to do never have to really you know be in any uncomfortable situations and be able to kind of get to the next and i feel like like a good analogy just in my own life too is like because obviously you know i've been like working out and stuff for a long part of my life since i was actually it's now been over half of my life been working out since i was 12 i'm 26 14 years Dang. that's more than half of my life where he's like you've been in, working out in the gym whatever and you know for a long time you were seeing progress right but over the last two years it really i'm pretty much like plateaued mm -hmm. right for the most part not to say that like you know i'm, I'm not in shape i'm plateau meaning like i peaked and then it's just flat yeah so it's like i didn't peak peak and then keep peaking because it's like 
eventually there's a diminishing return mm-hmm. right there's a, a law of, or there's a there's a law of diminishing return there and Ooh, and one thing that you know i truly do understand is that i don't even know what point i was making with that <laughs> i welcome to the club I go think, back to last episode <laughs> yeah i think i was saying that dang i don't even remember i think i was saying that um the the I don't even know. I think I was saying with financial freedom that there has to, you have to really understand that, yo, there's, you know, a point where there should, there, there should always be a point where like, you you know, you're improved until you get to that point where you are, where you are, where you want to be. That's key for me. That, it, that's the key. There should always be times and periods where you're like not comfortable. Yep. Right. And I think this is, I'm just trying to really help you visualize the phases in the, the kind of the, the lifestyle of how it looks like during this journey. Right. Cause as long as I know there's play, there's times where it's like, dang, I don't want to do this. Dang, I don't feel comfortable. Dang, this sucks. I know I haven't made it. I'm kind of mm. not there yet, right? But once I'm to that point, because I, I, that's what I was saying with it. Because with like fit working out, it's like, yeah. I don't get to a point where I'm working out where it's like, damn, I, I need to like, ah, uh, well, I mean, I, I still get sore and stuff like, that, but it's not like, mm-hmm. it don't, I don't be like in pain and stuff anymore. It's just kind of like you know, my body has adapted to the yep. punishment. It's like normal. It's not even a punishment. It's just normal. It's what I do. And, you know, I work out very intensely. Yep. And that's like, for me, that's normal for me. And so my body has adapted to that. And now I I say this similar with, you know, on the journey to finance, freedom, building wealth or anything, your body becomes adapted to that as the norm until eventually it's like, yo, you got there. And it's like, this is just who I am now. Man, I got I got a lot with this, bro. I love this analogy. I'm about to about to get on it. So, <laughs> this analogy of working out. So before you work out, before you before you ever get to working out, I'm gonna bring it back to financial freedom sense in a second. But before somebody uh, chooses that they want to go work out, they are living a certain lifestyle, or and their and their body is a reflection of that. Mm. So whether they're skinny or whether they're uh, overweight, their body is a reflection of their current lifestyle. Now you have to uh, start. Now if you won't have a certain desire of a, a certain goal that you want to get to, it may be really far away. Like you may want to be like a chisel body. Or a bodybuilder or it may just be like you want to just be more in shape so now you're going to put put, for, put forth a certain level of workload like a, a certain level of like a work that you're putting in order to get a certain result so now you make a certain workout plan where you're doing like five sets of um bench and you do that every single week um and just continues to do that same routine it's going to get you a certain level of result mm. and that's that's going to be that, that's just where you're going to hit the plateau because d- throughout that transition from the beginning of it so like the beginning of your workout journey to where you get to that that certain level like let's use you for example you got to a certain level of like how you your physique right now that's because you're probably doing this very similar workouts as you were doing maybe years back so this much particular same. routine right here is going to get this result if you want to get past that you have to change your routine because mm-hmm. what got you to this result will not get you to the next one so it's like this the, the things you're doing in your business right now or the things you're doing to achieve financial freedom it may have got you to this level but now if you want to get to the next level that's beyond that and if your goal is not at this current level and it's at the next level then you have to do more than what you've already been doing mm-hmm. so for us if we want to get 100 cars in our business or we want to get um 350 $350,000 a month in cash flow we can't do what we've been doing and well, as far as like in, in uh, gross income per month we can't continue to do this particular uh, workload that we've been doing because it's not it's not possible that's why when i'm talking to lenders they're saying you're you're, you're not doing the things you need to be doing you're not getting you're not generating your financial statements this is required to do to get what you're asking for mm-hmm. same thing with the insurance you don't your loss runs are not correct 
you're not doing what's required to get to that level. So you need to go do something different to get that next level. Mm. So same thing with like I said, working out. If you want to become, if you want to get like a bodybuilder status, you can't keep doing your same workouts anymore. You have right. to uplevel your workouts, your eating routines, and you have to really be invested more so and put forth more effort to get to that level. Right. Because that's so that's so true, and that's a bar. Because you got to think it's like if that was enough to get you to that next level, you would already got there. Correct. Exactly. Why are why haven't you got there? Why doesn't why aren't you like pacing towards that much quickly? And that's like an easy way to really look at it. Like where you are right now, it's like cool. I think a lot of people because you know you get caught up because you come from an employee mindset of like linear uh effort to reward as far as like, you know, I'm going to put in X amount of work and I'm gonna get Y amount of dollars. You kind of take that same approach to financial freedom and entrepreneurship and it's and whatever it is you're doing outside of that, trading your time for money to make money. And it it, it become it it never works like that because the reward is always delayed, number one, and the effort is always much more heightened in the beginning. Very much so. So it's like the effort is going to be very high, but eventually it gets to a point where that just becomes normal. Mm -hmm. And then you understand that's like, okay, cool. I got to this point. Then you would know that to get to the next level. Okay. Something else has to change. Like now either, you know, effort got to change a little bit. And when I say effort, I don't mean like you're working harder, working more. I I meant to hit on that too. It it just means that what you've been doing specifically has to change. Mm -hmm. Like the input. To get a new output has to change like maybe you were marketing your stuff a certain way or maybe you were running your operations a certain way or maybe you were you know doing whatever a certain way you were targeting certain deals to get to a certain level right maybe you mm-hmm. were buying single family houses right now you have to change your uh input to do something else to be able to get to that next level. and it's really it's a very very easy thing to comprehend and i think it's just not like internalized yeah but you have to internalize it and when i say internalize it's like that has to become a belief or it's like but but the thing is it's not going to change it unless you feel like the pain enough because what happens Ooh. is what happens is like it's easy if you don't like something it's easy to tolerate it it doesn't really change until you hate it right mm. but if i just don't like something like if i'm just if i just don't like someone i can tolerate them but if i truly hate them i don't want to be around you Yep. Like it's it's a different mentality and that applies to anything. So it's like with business or just with financial freedom in general, the things I've been doing, it's like, it's do, do I hate my result? Yes. If I don't right. hate my result, I'm going to keep doing the things I've been doing to get that result. But if I truly hate the result I have, if I'm truly just, it's despicable that I haven't reached the level of you know wealth or financial freedom that I want, I'm gonna change my result. If it's mm-hmm. if you're despicable with the way your body looks, you're gonna change your eating habits. You're gonna yeah. change the way you're in the gym. But if you're just if you just don't like it, it's like eh, I can. It's all right. It's not bad enough. Like I, I just keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like internalize that concept seriously. Yeah. This I I had this entire conversation with um a couple of the morning meetup people before, um so. The problem is that what well, I actually want to answer this question. I want to see what your response is. What drives people more? The, the desire for where they want to go or the pain for where they currently are? Pain. Pain. <laughs> Easily. But I, we just discussed this, how negative is a much more heightened emotion than the positive. That's exactly <laughs> it. Because 
that is why people choose to stay in a current situation. You have to be so adamantly, positively, I hate this current situation. And that's what's going to be your driving force. The reason I'm so excited about where we're going is because I have a pain of I hate this current position. I do not want to be here no more. I don't yeah. want to be doing all the work in the business. I don't. I want this to be able to be something where where um, where I'm not doing anything that the pain of how much I'm doing right now and the amount of money we're able to make from it. That's the pain. That's what's driving me. It's not even the the potential for where we're going, where I want to be. It's the pain of like where I'm currently at. Right. That's what. Can, that's the driving motivation motivational factor. Pe the reason that people don't. The reason that people stagnate where they're at is because the pain of being there is not greater than where you desire to be. Mm -hmm. So I like my mom is a good example for this one. She desires to have like to increase her um her business to a certain amount like with through through like the uh, network marketing and sales. Um, I, think I wanted to hit back to an example we had earlier. You're talking about like the activity just needs to be a little bit different. It's not not more effort. It's maybe a different activity. So what, one thing she does all the time is she puts inside of like our, our family group chat when she's going live. So that's fine. That's like that's how she markets like let people know that hey I'm going, I'm going live, but not marketing to people, but marketing to her family. I'm like, what if you did that same exact thing <laughs> but build out an email list? The email list that you like all the people that you've sold to already before and put them on a list and then send that same exact message to them. That's a, it's not more work. It's a different different work that gets to a better result. And it's just a, but you have to have the pain of saying that the sales that I have right now are not where I want it to be. And that's greater than um, my like I'm not comfortable in my current situation. So that's what's going to be driving me to get to the next level. And so yeah. that little, that small little shift could have monumental results if she could go, go through and does that. But the pain of where you currently are, are has to be that great to where you, you have, you're looking forward to what can I do differently in order to get there. And, and you're, you're, you're receptive to doing different things because you desire to get out of your current situation more than you, uh, more than the pain of change. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's such a fact because like, man, so many people are in situations where, you're like, you're tolerating it because mm -hmm. you don't hate it. It's like you, you know, you, you, you can, you can continue to do what you do. You can continue to work that job because you know that, man, they pay me good and, you know, I'm able to pay my bills and I know that, you know, I, I can, I can, you know, continue to at least live the way I'm living now. And I don't hate the way I'm living now. It's just like, yeah, I wish it could be better. Like I see other people with financial freedom. I see other people that are wealthy. But I know that's like, man, I don't hate my situation enough to be mm. able to change my input. Yeah. Because what happens is to change my input, it that itself will require effort. It requires like that, uncomfortability. Yeah. Too. That's going to, you said it's going to require Un what? Uncomfortability too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that. And I think that's even a better word because it's going to force you to, it's going to be uncertainty there where it's like, man, this situation is not ideal. It doesn't feel good. I'm going to have to be doing things I don't necessarily like to do. And that will become something that will be enough to keep you from hating your situation. Mm -hmm. That trying to avoid the uncomfortableness will yes. keep you from hating yep. your situation, That's right? It. Because it's like, but again, you got to know yourself too. Cause it's a lot of this is all self-awareness. Like most of the things we speak is just generalizations or really from our own experiences, not even generalizations. This is just how we are. But I would say you got to really know yourself. Generally, this is how I feel. I know people to be. Um, I know generally me though, myself, I am very motivated by, I don't, first of all, I don't put myself, I'm never really, really in a situation where I hate it, where mm -hmm. it's enough where it's like, man, I hate this situation. It's either like, I. the biggest thing that drives me more so generally for me is seeing where I actually want to be. Yeah. Me personally, mm -hmm. like, you know me. It's like seeing that, dang, I need to, I really want to get to that. 
that drives me mm-hmm. because it's just like i don't know like that feeling that that uh, accomplishment that uh, you know achieving that that will drive me um so you have to really truly know what does drive you but mm-hmm. for most people generally it is that right. that pain or that that hate hatred of a situation yeah and that's like something i, I think what you're talking about like with nine to fivers too this is a bit very big one for them because um like th- th- there's two different pains that you have to experience either you're going to have the pain of um having to change and to get to your goal and so that's why um, when you start telling people yeah you go start a business like okay well i got it going it's, I'm, i don't want really want to do too much with it because i'm because they have comfort with where they're currently at so there's a pain of change and there's a pain of where you're currently at so if I took away the if I t- if if you have somebody that is in a job and making like one hundred fifty thousand a year versus somebody who got fired from their job and had nothing left and they both had the same goal, who's going to be more adamant about going toward their goal? The latter. It's going to be the person that doesn't have an alternative. Like the, their pain is much greater of where they're currently at. So I can't. I can't afford to stay in this position. Like I have, I have a choice different. So the pain of where I'm currently at is greater than the pain of cha- having to change. Yeah. That's what usually is going to make people uh, start moving the needle in, in their um, in their life, whether it's in their life or in their business. Like that's usually the thing is that they have to, you have to truly be adamantly, adamantly hate your current situation for that to happen. And you know, another one I would add too, because you got the pain of change. You got the pain of what was the other one? The pain, the pain of change and the pain, and the of, pain of your current situation. I would also have the pain of regret because that one, that's another one that will fuel me, fuel me too. Right. It's just like knowing that like, dang, especially if time passes. Cause one thing I hate <laughs> is time passing and, and nothing changed and nothing changed. Yeah. That hurts me. Oh my gosh. That's like my thing that probably gets me down to like my kryptonite like that. If you wanted to like take me down, it's like, yo, keep me locked in a place <laughs> where the same thing on it. Pretty much do a job. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Doing a job is good. That's your kryptonite. Don't do it to me. That is a hundred percent right. Because I know that, like, yo, if time passes and I'm still in the same place, I just wasted something so valuable. Mm-hmm. I just wasted something I will never get back. No matter how much money I make, no matter what, I will never be able to get that time back. Who knows what I could have compounded on top of that. <laughs> That's the thing, too. You got to understand the time value of money, too. Yeah. It's like money has value today that loses value over time. And so it's like the quicker I can get to it, the sooner I can get to it, the more the quicker I can get to that next level because I can compound on top of that. Right. And so to me, that pain of regret, I know that, man, that that feeling of like knowing that ah, I should have done that or I wish I'd done that. That alone is enough to make me make sure that, yo, I'm not going to let that happen to me like i don't want to be in that situation where because it's not that sucks this is like nothing you can do about it once you are once time passes and you be like that's why i'm such there's so many things because i'm just there's so many reasons this like sits with me because it's like i'm big on like it's not a good thing but like i look back on things i do a lot of what a kush uh could have should have would have where it's like yeah could have should have would have but it it's like yes i know but it doesn't make it easier to like to stomach it because it's yeah. like why didn't i know it at that time mm-hmm. and so that's why i have a sense of urgency to know that like yo you you have to figure out what it is you need to know and you need to execute it now because yeah. you don't have time to waste because in the future you know that you're going to be upset i know that guy in the future <laughs> is going to be pissed he's going to be very mad <laughs> a guy in four years five years ten years he's going to be pissed at number one i didn't know it 
And you can say, oh, it's not your fault. You don't know. Oh, I should have figured out why I didn't know it. Number two, I didn't execute on it. Mm-hmm. So that is what drives me, though. I think that that's another, that's a good one to hit on is pain and regret. Cause, um, I think what you were talking about in like, in regards to time value of money, that puts it in perspective in two senses for me. So the first one is in regards to how money, um, is more valuable today than it is in the future. So if the money is losing value, that means that I need to, ca- if I, if I capitalize on this, on this amount of money today, I get a better return on it versus if I do use the same, wait to use the same money next year. Yeah. So it's going to, the return as far as what I'm, what I'm going to be able to gain from is going to be less because I use it today when it was worth more. Same thing with you personally, as a person, if I execute on my, with my energy level that I have today, like me being younger, as an example, I have a, I have a certain energy level that I have today. If I wait 10 years, I may be in a whole, a whole other situation where I have less energy and I may have less time available to me. So now oh my, gosh. my entire situation has changed, make it more difficult. So I need I should really be locking in right now because of the, the, the energy level that I have, number one, in my position that I'm currently in, whatever that position may be, because it always can get you never know if it may get worse or not. So I'm just going to capitalize on what I got, no matter what it is, whether I have kids, whether I'm single, no matter what, capitalize on it today versus waiting to see what happens 10 years from now, which could be worse. Yeah, man. And you know what's so crazy about this, too? This is so I love that you brought that point up about the position you're in, because what happens? I don't know. You don't know how many people I've seen especially now that we're getting older, where it's like I've talked to people about two, three years ago where they were like, you know, single. It was just them or maybe they had, it was just them and a wife or whatever spouse. And they were like, yeah, I want to find freedom. I want to do this. And but, then two years later, it's oh. like now they got a kid. Yep. And it's like I always see that. And it's like they, they might have had two kids back then and now they got three or they might have had zero and now they got one. And yep. I always see that. I'm like, damn. I don't want to say that sucks, but it's because it's obviously don't suck. But it's like, damn, that's gonna be a lot harder now. Yeah, that's gonna you just t- added a few years to the process, and it's like, man, I wish you would have capitalized when you first saw it or when you first had. That would kill me. Like me personally, that pain the regret part is going. That's when that regret is going to eat me alive because it's like, yeah. damn, bro, I was, I was, you know, 26, 27, 25 years old, and. I was just me and I I didn't do enough. And now, you know, it's me and I got, you know, X amount of kids. I got a wife and I got a I got more responsibility. And I can't be as crazy or as 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 I can't take as big a risk. And it's not to say you can't. All this is all perspective, because what is in the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say like you can go back. So it's not I don't say this to make anyone feel bad or feel some type of way. I just say it to say understand that the situation you have now is the best situation that you have that's just a perspective to look at it with it no matter what the situation is if you look at that as your best pers- as the best situation you can be in and th- and the ne- next one could be worse yes. so i need to capitalize on this one that can always give you a con- like a positive outlook on on your current place uh, that, that you're currently in because who knows more than likely this it's not getting easier <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep it on it's more than likely not getting easier Cause life just gets in the way. The older we get, the more yeah. we progress. Things just happen that are out of your control. But in the present time, you're here listening to this. So right now, you know that you have some sort of capability. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. If you knew it was no shot in the dark, you wouldn't even be listening to this. If you had 15 kids and you, you know, had <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you wouldn't even be listening to this. But you know that's like, okay, I you have a feeling you in your gut, you know you can make it happen. You know you can get financial freedom. But you have to act on it today. You don't have time. That's the thing. I don't want and I want people to really understand you don't have time. That's the last thing you have. You got more money than you got time. 
<laughs> so no nah, you said that so many times too before but that that is differently on this episode because like talking about you don't have time that because you need to just even if you feel like oh well, i have 24 hours in a day well no look at it as if i don't have time if you didn't have time how would you approach things differently and i always i love this is why one thing i've really learned about running business now is um how much people rely on other people to uh, set their time set their time deadlines mm. so that even going back to school uh, when we're in school um, we typically are told when we're going to have a test. So that dictates. So if I have a test that's coming up this Friday and today's Monday, that typically means that on Thursday, I'm, my output level or the, the amount of work that I'm putting in is going to be significantly greater than what I'm doing on like a Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> because I know that my deadline or as far as my my time that um before I need, before I'm about to be tested is coming up. Like it's, it's coming really close. So that's when I'm, my output level is going to be a lot greater. And they people do the same thing in the workforce. Once you get to the workforce, um, you're relying on your boss to set your deadline for you as far as when you have need to have a report due or something like that. So when you switch it into business sense, um, like I've seen it happen for myself and also for a lot of other people, once you are in control of, of your own, like of like how much energy you have to put forth or like meeting certain deadlines or certain requ requirements for yourself, you tend to uh, be much more lackadaisical because um, you're not setting you because you never had to set those deadlines for yourself. You yeah. always assume you have more time. So just by having a deadline and just removing the thought that I have time, that's where I'm going with that. Removing the thought that I have time and saying that I don't, that increases your sense of urgency. Yeah. And by increasing that sense of urgency, you give them more results and then you're able to at least get the results that you want while you do have the time to do it. Right. But you but because you think you have a lot of time, you tend to waste more of it. If you if um if you were assigned a, a school project at the beginning of the year and um you had a whole semester to do it, you probably wouldn't work on it that the entire semester. You're probably working on it on the last week or the last couple of days. Yeah. So you waste more time when you're given more time. So act like you don't have time and that's how you'll be able to start taking more action on stuff. Parkinson's law. It's always gonna be a thing. So that's that's a it's a real thing that I think people should internalize this entire thing because that's a, a very it's a monumental thing that can make a huge difference in your life if you just implement this mentality to everything in your life, whether it is everything, whatever you want to accomplish, whatever you want to improve on, you should you should implement this and you should really just take heed to it um and internalize it. So um yeah. So what we'll do now is uh transition to our uh Next segment, which is um, Ask the Monopolizers, where you can ask us a question and we'll answer it on the show. Uh, how can I be successful? Um, how can I follow the path that someone else has laid for me to be successful? Ask the Monopolizers. So, uh, what is our first question? Yeah, so first and only question. So, actually, I went to our archives for this one. So, um, you have, I know you haven't heard this one, but... Um, Adrian Russ answered us a while back. We actually think we responded to him. I thought this might have been a decent question to even ask on here. He says that, um, uh, what's it called? He's, um, how much do I need to uh, take for an FHA loan? And um, what do you uh, do with the property once you have house hacked for a year? That, that second part is really, really why I want to answer the question on here. Um, you want to go first on that? Yeah. So he said, what do you take? So like pretty much like I guess the percentage down payment for FHA loan. And then I think the like I said, the, the more important question I really want to talk about was um what do you do with the property once you've house hacked for a year? Okay. So yeah, I mean FHA is three and a half percent. Um what is the FHA loan for anybody who doesn't know? Oh yeah. So FHA loan is I mean, we can get to the technical part of it, but for the most part it's it's a loan subsidized by the federal government, federal housing authority, and they pretty much 
it is a way to help new first-time home buyers get into properties and it incentivizes lenders to give out loans because if you as the um, borrower don't pay back the government will pretty much pay the lender and that's why they're able to give you three and a half percent down only because it is subsidized by the government and it is pretty much insured not subsidized it's insured by the mm-hmm. by the government so you wouldn't have to necessarily um worry about it. that's the technical part it doesn't really matter to you but you only have to put three and a half percent down and um you're able to get into a property with a uh, very little capital um and you're only uh, technically allowed to technically only allowed to have one in your name at a time um and yeah to answer your the second part of his question um what do you do with it after a year well yeah so that was another thing you have to live in the property for one year correct um because you have to it's an owner occupied loan it's not an investment loan it's for first time home buyers that want to buy a home so you do have to live in the property but you're able to buy a single family property you're able to buy a multi unit property like a, two, a duplex triplex quadplex whatever uh, up to 4 units you're able to buy um a property that is a residential property up to four units for three and a half percent down. Um, so for example, a $200,000 property duplex, good luck finding those today. You can get that for $7,000 down, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And you live there for one year. And then the cool part is once you move out, you can essentially rent out your other unit or your other bedrooms or whatever you were doing and have it as a rental property. And uh, if you have enough equity, you can refinance out of it. Um, and go get another one and do it again but you can only have one in your name so you have to refinance out of it but you could also go do another low money down loan yeah uh conventional loan and just keep the first one as fha if you don't want to refinance or if you don't have enough equity after the first year so just uh that was how i bought my first two houses I want anybody who doesn't know any of the, any of the terms that was just being used to go do your research because <laughs> refinance, equity, yeah, um, yeah. all those different terms. I had no clue what they were meant in the beginning. Uh, just 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 thinking back on that. But um, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I, I really like that second question that you had asked in regards to um, what to do after the fact. Alex did talk about it where you can just you can either hold on to the property or you can sell it. Um, but I definitely recommend holding on to it if it was a good one, because as my example for my my current house, um, the mortgage on it is uh, sixteen fifty. It's a four bedroom house with a, a garage apartment at the, on top of the garage. So the mortgage, like I said, is like sixteen fifty. The rent downstairs is already seventeen ninety five. So that's what, they already covered all the rent for there. And then um, the upstairs can probably rent for anywhere between eight hundred to a thousand. So if I move out. That's all that extra money that that's in that first place is now that's in the um the second unit that can be extra cash flow to go pay you for your next place you move to. So now I remember our original strategy was saying we'll, we'll be house hacked for like four, three four years straight. Our goal was going to be what if we got uh, like four different um four different four different types of these properties like a, a single family with a back house. And so now essentially what we can do is end up having four different um, units that have multiple rent coming from them. So like, let's say we have four duplexes. So that means you have eight different people paying you. And so now all of the, all of the surplus cash flow can now play, pay for some type of bill. Whether that, whether, if you move into your dream house, as an example, all those four different units can now, or, or all eight units can now pay you to or pay for themselves and pay for your dream house. That's one way to go about doing it, or that, or that at, least, at least can get you to, uh, to paying for some type of expense, whether it's a dream car, dream house, but it can pay for something. So that yeah. was a, a strategy behind it too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or just you know a Camry. 
if you want to do that or you want to get a camera yeah <laughs> whatever you want to do one, one one thing i will add to just real quick is uh you should also look into fha 203k it's another one where you can um pretty much roll the renovation costs of a property into the loan itself so you can buy a property that needs work and you're essentially able to it's a if you're able to do it correctly that's like the probably the ultimate strategy to buy a property that needs some work um with the fha 203k roll the renovation cost into the loan so you still come with the three and a half percent down regardless and uh you know they fix up the property the property the value of the property increases and you can immediately yeah, refinance huh a lot more equity in that to be able to refinance yeah out. immediately refinance right. out and you still get the property now you're out of your fha loan mm-hmm. and you can go maybe there's probably a, maybe a stipulation to how long you can refinance because i'm sure people probably try. maybe it might be a year probably they say to you but even then you can definitely because you'll have more equity you can refinance out then you can go buy another uh fha straight up or do another two or three k i'm sure there's people probably killing it with that alone mm-hmm. like making a ton of like yeah. you can become a millionaire just off of one loan yeah. or one strategy that's a so, fact and shout out to my tenants for renewing or renewing at least coming up too i'm excited yeah. For that. yeah i got yeah i'm going through that right now <laughs> i got two yeah, I said, yeah the whole story on that too oh yeah i'm not even gonna get into that <laughs> said, maybe next time yeah i forgot about that dang that was actually a good story <laughs> um, we'll talk about it in two weeks you just got to remind me for sure <laughs> um but yeah that is uh it for this episode uh, oh yeah if you have any questions feel free to dm us on uh instagram at Money Monopolizing will answer them there. But yes, that sir. is it for this episode of the Money Monopolizers podcast. New episodes new episodes will be released every Thursday and will be available. I was going to bring that thing up, but I forgot. <laughs> new episodes will be released every Thursday and will be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Just search Money Monopolizers wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we'd appreciate it if you rated us five stars and left us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find out more info about us on IG at Money Monopolizers. We post informative content on there that keep you engaged. So be sure to check that out and share those posts. But till then, we out of here. You've been listening to the Money Monopolizers podcast, helping you take control of your financial destiny. To learn more about how you can be in control of your money, visit moneymonopolizers.com. We'll catch you next time when Alex and Marlon share more personal finance and wealth creation tips with you. Now it's time to take action.